This is 89.1 WEMU, and I'm David Fair. Welcome to this month's edition of The Green Room and part four of our series on pipelines. Pipelines are approved, cited, and overseen by a combination of agencies. It depends on a myriad of factors. That includes size, whether they're in-state or interstate, and whether they're gas or oil. Some area residents and members of local government welcome new pipelines as the safest form of transport for an energy that feeds our way of life. Others have serious concerns. Do locals actually have a say in the matter? Barbara Lucas stepped back into the green room and went in search of an answer to that question. Hiking through woods in western Washtenaw County, we encounter barred owls next to an open area. Signs say, warning, petroleum pipeline. A wide, freshly mown swath snakes off into the distance. It's right next to the Rouge River. A spill here could quickly travel downstream. Curious, I call the number posted. I'm told it's an old pipeline and would likely not be approved in that location today. What about now? Do local communities have much influence over pipelines being built in their area? The new Nexus and Rover gas pipelines were recently run through Washtenaw County. Apparently, getting local concerns addressed can be a challenge. I went through uh, Representative Debbie Dingle's office to get a contact at uh, FERC. That's Evan Pratt, Washtenaw County's Water Resources Commissioner. The FERC he's referring to is the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. Its five members, appointed by the U.S. President, approve interstate gas pipelines. Uh, but they really didn't respond when we said, well, we've got this specific issue, can you help get this resolved? He says they also contacted FIMSA, the Federal Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration. Due to our concerns about the location and the number of people who would be impacted if there was an issue in their location. That's a July 2017 protest against the Rover Pipeline near the YMCA's Camp Burkett at Silver Lake and Dexter Township. According to the Washtenaw County Board of Commissioners, the pipeline route cuts off evacuation for potentially thousands of people. That board and four other local governmental bodies passed resolutions against it. Ultimately, the pipeline thickness and the number of valves were increased. But the federal government did not reroute the pipeline. Evan Pratt says that while they can't dictate routes, local governments do have the authority to permit pipelines near rivers and drains to ensure they're constructed safely. But local oversight is not always warmly received. So it's really on us to watch what's going on and to uh, chase the pipeline companies uh, long enough until they agree that they're required to get a permit uh, from our agencies and believe me they tried to demonstrate they didn't need to get permits because they saw it as an obstacle. And he says the guidelines approved by local government are not always followed. Redos must sometimes be forced such as when uh, the contractor either was never provided with all the detailed drawings that we required uh, when we permitted it with the gas company or the contractor was provided the drawings and promptly stuffed them behind the seat of their truck or something. There is one community in the U.S. that wielded a lot of influence on a pipeline installed in their area. Austin, Texas now has what's been called the safest pipeline in the country. It has an external leak detection system that can um, identify leaks on that pipeline at much smaller levels than what the federal re regulations require. 
Carl Weimer is executive director of the nonprofit National Pipeline Safety Trust. He says when a pipeline was proposed over their precious aquifer, Austin sued the company and won a settlement. In addition to the extra sensitive leak detection they insisted on daily uh, patrols of the pipeline that goes across the aquifer, and they put a cement cap over the top of that pipeline to make sure that people working in the area with like backhoes or putting in fence posts and those types of things. Um, would hit the cement instead of the pipeline and not cause a spill that way. What about in Washtenaw County? For instance, the Nexus Company assures me their pipeline meets or exceeds federal regulations. But their patrols are weekly, not daily, and there are no cement caps. The inspection pigs that look for weaknesses are sent inside pipelines only once every seven years, the federal minimum. Weimer points out... And people can agree to whatever they want to in a settlement and the pipeline company agreed to do better leak detection and more inspections. Um, it's not that they passed a law to require that. While locals can't pass laws regarding pipeline routes or safety, they can alert the Michigan Department of Environmental Quality to potential environmental threats. But new legislation signed into law by Governor Snyder sets up private sector-based panels to oversee the decisions made by the DEQ. Here's Mike Schreiberg of the National Wildlife Federation. What it does is it puts an unelected uh, body in charge of oversight of our environmental laws. And not only an unelected body, but one that actually heavily draws from special interests. You'd have the oil and gas industry represented. You'd have the utilities represented. Freiburg says he has no problem with their weighing in, but... The problem with this is it actually allows them to overrule the people whose job it is to actually enforce our environmental laws. Supporters of the panels feel they're necessary to prevent what they call arbitrary decisions by the DEQ that prioritize the environment over other concerns. Here's Republican State Senator Rick Jones. There have been cases uh, in the past where DEQ wasn't reasonable at all, and certainly I, I think we do need to to look at them carefully. The example he gives me is from Charlotte, Michigan, where the DEQ wanted to find a city cemetery that had drained a wetland. This was an existing drain, and they simply were cleaning it out, and I think the DEQ overstepped in that case. So we do have to have uh, somebody watch the DEQ to make sure they're reasonable. DTE spokesperson Peter Turns tells me the new panels will simply be a continuation of current collaborative efforts and public input opportunities will continue to abound. When asked if environmentalists will have less say, he says, There are plenty of opportunities for um, input in, in the MPSC process and the MDEQ process. MPSC stands for the Michigan Public Service Commission, which approves gas pipelines within Michigan and oil pipelines both in-state and crossing our borders. How much weight is given to the public input they receive? Here's J.C. Kibbe of the Union of Concerned Scientists. So there were 10,000 people around the state who signed on to a petition encouraging uh, the Public Service Commission to send DTE back to the drawing board for its, its expensive gas plant and to take another look at the clean energy alternatives that, that we found in our analysis were cheaper. He's referring to DTE's nearly billion dollar St. Clair County gas plant proposal, which will connect with some of Washtenaw County's pipelines. The Michigan Public Service Commission approved it in April. The commission has only three members, all appointed by Michigan's governor. So uh, the new governor, um, whomever it is, 
is going to appoint at the very least two and potentially all three members of the Public Service Commission. And that's going to have a, a big impact and a long-lasting impact on Michigan's energy future because next year in 2019, DTE is going to submit its plan for the next 20 years in terms of where it's going to get its power, what kind of things it's going to build. In an April statement announcing their approval, the MPSC said the plant is necessary to allow DTE to retire coal plants. Here's Matt Wagner, Manager of Renewable Energy Development at DTE. You know, in May 2017, our um, CEO, Jerry Anderson, announced a reduction in carbon emissions of about 80 percent by 2050. Um, eventually, we'd like to be all natural gas and renewable energy or clean energy sources. You know, and that is in large part because by 2040, we will likely have all of our coal plants closed. And retiring coal is a huge victory for the environment, both local and global. Once again, there are multiple ways to look at the proliferation of fossil fuel infrastructure. But one thing's clear, it's not locals who make the big decisions about pipelines. It's higher authorities who are appointed by the people we elect. In the Green Room, I'm Barbara Lucas, 89.1 WEMU News. Despite concerns, pipelines are often approved because they're deemed beneficial for the public good. What is the public good? Next month, the last in our Green Room series on pipelines will look at the big picture. To hear the previous reports in the Green Room series on pipelines, visit our website and archive at WEMU.org. This is 89.1 WEMU-FM and WEMU-HD1 Ypsilanti.